The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. I'm just about that action, boss. Welcome, everyone, to the NFL Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is late Friday afternoon here to break down the afternoon games for NFL Week 6. Four games to discuss, and we got fortunate this week to probably or discuss the game of the week. But before we get to the games, let me introduce my co-host for the NFL Gambling Podcast. You guys know him on the NBA Gambling Podcast the prop cast the wnba tennis gambling podcast the man's all over the network it's scott studio rachel scott how's it going my man fine can't complain uh, nfl has been okay so far uh the only thing that i'm upset about is the yankees right now but it is what it is so we'll see what happens moving forward but either way nfl so far been good uh definitely fun getting together for the power rankings because mm-hmm. I don't know how many elite teams are actually are in the league right now, which is kind of a separate conversation. Like, yeah. what do you have? Two, maybe three, three like, max, three max. Like it's, it's really, really fun to see what the consensus has for the back half of the top 10, because yeah. I feel like we disagree on all of them. And you can yeah. make a case for all of them because there's really not many great teams. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely interesting. So if you haven't already followed us on Twitter to, See our weekly rankings between all the co-hosts on the NFL Gambling Podcast. It's always an interesting conversation when the those rankings do drop within our uh, channel. So uh, you can get those rankings at SGPN NFL on Twitter. So make sure to follow our Twitter account uh, along with everything else that we drop as far as episodes and NFL content uh, overall. But Scott, another four games. On the schedule for the NFL, like I alluded to earlier, we get to get into the NFL game of the week, which I don't understand why it's not on prime time between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, but we'll get to that game later on in the podcast. But let's kick it off first with the NFC West matchup between the Arizona Cardinals heading to the Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks. Currently, I'm seeing the Cardinals as a two and a half point road favorite here. Money line minus 145 for the Arizona Cardinals, plus 120 on the money line for the Seattle Seahawks. Total is sitting at 50 and a half in this game. Let's go through the injury reports for this uh matchup. First, to start with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh cornerback Trayvon Mullen, <clears throat> excuse me, is out for this game. Um, kicker Matt Prater is out for this game as well. Daryl Williams also out for this game for the Arizona Cardinals and Running back James Connor, Connor dealing with some ribs issues is also out for this game. So a little bit of thin um, for this Arizona Cardinals team in the backfield here. Looking at it for the Seattle Seahawks injury report, um, we know about the news that we got about 
Rashad Penny, who's going to miss the rest of the season with an ankle uh, and fibula injury. But other than that, pretty clean injury report for the Seattle Seahawks here, uh, Scott. But let's start with this Arizona Cardinals team favored on the road here, minus two and a half uh, for this game. What are your thoughts about this game? So even though I think Arizona is the more talented team on paper, at least all around, because I think Seattle's defense is completely worthless. Arizona just finds ways to lose games. You know, you have some coaches that actually know what they're doing down the stretch and some coaches don't. And even some star players because Kyle Murray made a pretty, let's just say dumb decision at the end of regulation against Philly last week, slid when he could have gotten the first down. Then they had to kick a field goal with a replacement kicker. He missed and they lost the game. But I feel like if there was one team that was going to have that happen, like it would be a Cliff Kingsbury team. I just don't think that they're a well-coached team at all. And they're still missing DeAndre Hopkins. Now, the defense has randomly gotten better. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but it does seem like they finally found their groove. I just think Seattle is a good enough offense, especially at home, to get the job done here while getting points. I get Seattle's defense is bad. I'm not trying to justify that. Eno Benjamin might go for 100 yards and change, but... I'm going to go with Seattle. I think that anytime you can get points with a with one of the best home field advantages in the entire sport, yeah. I think it's definitely tempting. I'm going to go with Seattle. I am going to go with the over because Seattle's involved, and I'm not going to take an under. So give me Seattle plus the points and an over. I think each team has a shot to get to like 27 in this game. I really could see a track meet break out. So that's yeah. kind of my thoughts. You? Yeah. Um I wanted to ask you this question. We posted on the PropCast earlier when we were talking about PropCats for this week. And where do you rank Geno Smith? I mean, he's been – he looks more than capable so far this season. He's made some great throws. Um, and this offense looks pretty good for the Seattle Seahawks, led by Geno Smith. He did get NFC East uh, – sorry, NFC Player of the Week, I think, a few weeks ago. I would put him right around league average right now as far as quarterbacks. What are your thoughts been about Geno Smith so far this year? Based on tossing out everything we've seen from him in the past and what we've seen solely from this year, you can really argue that he's been a top 10 quarterback this year. He's really been phenomenal. And he had two really big throws to me, which I don't think I've ever seen him make. It was the two throws to Lockett, actually, last week. He just hit Lockett in the middle of the end zone two straight times. Defenders draped around him, threaded the needle, and it was a perfect throw. You couldn't have handed it to him any better than that. Uh, The only better throw I think I saw all week was arguably the Derek Carr pass to Adams at the end of the fourth quarter, which I thought was phenomenal as well. But -hmm. still, the point is, I think, Gino, you can talk about this year alone being a top 10 quarterback because you look around the league, not many great quarterbacks out there. And preseason, you had Dak, for example, who's barely played. You had Stafford who's been a train wreck. There's really a lot of quarterbacks who have had ups and downs, and Geno, for the most part, has really not had many downs. So to answer your question, this season alone, short sample size, he's been a top-10 quarterback. Yeah, I mean, throwing out everything that's happened in the past with Geno, it seems like he's really, I guess, at least in a very small sample, has revived his career over in Seattle and really taken him to the next, not next level, but they're they're winning ballgames with him, and he's not making the mistakes I guess we're used to seeing from uh, Gino Smith, but I just wanted to pose that question to you. But yeah, I agree here. Um, I, I think there's number one too many question marks for this offense for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, offensively, I think they're just kind of waiting for the return of DeAndre Hopkins to kind of really 
make this offense look more than capable of what it is so far. And again, we talked about the two injuries that they do have in the backfields. I think, you know, Benjamin, he's he's more than capable of, you know, carrying the load in the backfield. But defensively, you you nailed it again. So as I mentioned that Seattle is just not very good defensively. They are finding ways to, you know, be competitive and be in games. But I, I think I do like the over more in this game, as you alluded to, at over 50 and a half. I can easily see both of these teams uh, getting into that range of, 27 like you mentioned even 28 points and you know when you have dk metcalf tyler lockett and geno smith has been accurate with the ball to both of those guys and over the last two weeks you know he's had two long passes to both of these guys uh for touchdown passes so especially we talked a lot about this arizona cardinal secondary that hasn't been very good i know last week they were feeding aj brown early with the philadelphia eagles and then Devonte smith just went off um did pretty good at least defensively by not allowing the Eagles to score a lot more points in that second half. But um, I, I think that defensively both of these teams, I'm sorry, are going to struggle. So I, I do like that um, in this game. So I like the over 15 and a half in this game here, Scott. Uh, any player props may you be looking at or anything else that you do like for this game before we get over to the next one? It's got to be, you know, Benjamin. I, yeah. I feel like even though I don't think an official line has been posted yet. because Let me see. They haven't confirmed that Connor's out, right? It's just like we can assume he's going to be out. I, I'm I'm looking on uh, ESPN right now. They actually have him listed out for this game. Okay. Yeah. ESPN's usually awful with the injury report, so I'm not sure if that's <laughs> official or not. But the point is, I think Benjamin has a big game. We've seen Seattle struggle against everybody on the ground, whether it involved Cordell Patterson, whether it involved – uh, Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill torched him for three rushing touchdowns last week, and yeah. Kamara did well. So I think Benjamin, even though he might not be as good as Connor, I think it's actually pretty close. I think Benjamin's a good running back, but mm -hmm. I like him to potentially go over 100. I think he has a big game. As for everything else, I don't mind Geno Smith touchdown passes, probably around one and a half, two and a half might be juiced. But with the secondary against this receiving core, I do think Geno Smith should have a lot of open receivers throughout this game. I just expect points. So I'm not going to take many unders. It's, I mostly just see a potential track meet breaking out. You know, Benjamin's currently listed at 59 and a half. Uh, all day, every day. I think he has a shot for 100. I'm not even joking. I, if you're looking at the actual workload that he should be getting, assuming Arizona doesn't completely just abandon the run, mm -hmm. I mean, 20 carries, that's three yards a carry against one of the worst rush defenses in the league. I mean, that's a yeah. really low number. Yeah. Uh, currently seeing Geno Smith passing touchdowns over one and a half at minus 160. Kyler Murray, yeah, over one and a half, minus 125. Okay, interesting. Honestly, I think yeah. just Benjamin goes nuts, but we'll see. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. Uh, that's going to be... Uh, that's going to be the Carolina Panthers with an interim head coach now headed to LA to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Um, currently seeing this game with lines of minus 10 point favorites here for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, 41 is a total here, Scott money line minus 500 for the Los Angeles Rams and plus 375 for the Carolina Panthers. Um, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, let's start here with the road team, the Carolina Panthers. I am currently seeing, um, let's see, their cornerback, Stantley Thomas Oliver III, is out for this game. Uh, Frankie, Lee, Frankie Luvu 
is out. Sorry, questionable for this game uh, as well. Dante Jackson, cornerback, is questionable with an ankle injury. J.C. Horn has actually out for this game here, Scott. Uh, he did not practice on Friday, uh, but it's uh, looking like now it's something that he's questionable to play Sunday. So he's dealing with a rib injury. Um, and also Robbie Anderson is questionable with an illness for the uh, Carolina Panthers. But obviously the bigger news at quarterback, Baker Mayfield hurt his ankle. He's officially listed as doubtful. looks like it's going to be the P.J. Walker show for the uh, Carolina Panthers. And quickly, let's get over to the Los Angeles Rams. We saw last week that Cooper Cup was dealing with a foot issue. Uh, he looks like he is going to play in this game. Uh, but he's officially listed as questionable. Tyler Higby's also questionable with an ankle injury. And Aaron Donald, the defensive anchor for this defensive line for the Los Angeles Lens, is also questionable against the Panthers. So a lot of question marks here. Also, Cam Akers is dealing with a personal matter and is officially ruled out for this game. So it looks like it's going to be the Daryl Henderson show in this game for the Los Angeles Rams here. But a lot of moving parts here in this game, especially on the Carolina side here, uh, Scott. Matt Rule gets fired on Monday. Defensive coordinator is also fired for this team. Interim head coach takes over here. I believe it's Steve Wilkes. Now we take a look at this Los Angeles Rams. Uh, offense has kind of been struggling to put up points. Do you think this is the week where they kind of get it going here, Scott? Or do you think the Panthers can stay competitive and maybe have a rallying cry after their head coach got fired, who we kind of presume lost the locker room over the first five weeks of the season here? I think you lost the locker room about a year and a half ago, but technically <laughs> for the last five weeks. But still... I think the J.C. Horn injury is huge. And I think you can make a serious case that when evaluating all the defensive talent in the league, you can really say that Horn's the most underrated defensive player in the league. Yes. I think he's incredible. And I feel like mm -hmm. people don't talk about him. I know he was great uh, when he first came out of South Carolina, I believe. Then he broke his leg early on when he was having a great rookie season. And yeah. then he came back, and he's been really good this year. But he got hurt midway through the Niners game, and the defense kind of fell apart after that. I think he's that valuable of a piece, especially with Cooper Cup, who I know is questionable on the other end. I'm assuming he's going to play. But the point is, if you yeah. don't have Horn out there, Cup might have gone for 130 anyway, mm -hmm. but you have no chance if Horn's not playing. You don't have anybody who can handle Cup. And yes, the Rams' offense is awful. I've stated it several times. Besides Cup, they're bad at everything. They can't block. They can't run the ball. Their secondary receivers aren't great. And the quarterbacks turnover prone. I mean, yeah. they really fail every box besides Cup. Having said that, it's a lot of points, but I've seen PJ Walker play, and I know that he was the XFL legend, so to speak, whatever. But he was absolutely awful in limited ML in limited regular season action last year, and in preseason action, he was awful. I don't think he's any good. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with the Rams. I don't feel great about it. But we also saw, well, the new coach is Wilkes, right, for uh, Carolina? Yes, sir. He sucked at Arizona, too. So I don't know <laughs> if he can coach either. I, I feel like you're looking at a spot where this team, especially with Horn being out, yeah. just doesn't do anything well besides McCaffrey and DJ Moore, who they don't throw the ball to. But I'm going to go with the Rams. I think it's a good spot for them to get back on track. Yeah. And Carolina, no offense to Walker, but... I think he should be in like the CFL or something. He's really just not good enough for the NFL. Am I being harsh or do you agree? Because I haven't I mean, seen anything positive from Walker's career. God, he's 2-0 as his career as a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
Is that true, though? Because I thought Cam Newton hijacked one of his starts against Arizona like a year or two ago. I'll have to look it up. but uh, That was the on-back game from Cam Newton. Like I thought he hijacked the start halfway through. Yeah, so let's. I'm trying to pull up his career numbers for uh, – actually goes by Phillip Walker, but we know him as P.J. Walker. But, yeah, you're right. Um, he's had the yardage, uh, but he's also throwing, I think, a total of eight interceptions, and in his career stats is what I'm looking at. Um, is two touchdowns, eight interceptions, completion yeah. percentage of 57%. But two touchdowns, yeah. eight interceptions, I rest my case. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to struggle against his defensive line, especially I know Aaron Donald, like I mentioned, is, is officially questionable for this game. Caroline um, also can't block. Yeah, and exactly. So that, I think when you have Bobby Wagner, you have uh, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and that uh, front line of the, of the Los Angeles Rams, it might be a tough day um, for this offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. And – I think that if the Carolina Panthers were at home, that it might be a different story if it was like obviously against a different opponent. But we're talking about the Rams here. I think you're right. This might be the game where they do get back on track. And if let's say Cooper Cup is more, I think he's going to play because he's one of the tougher guys in the NFL. And JC Horn, what I'm seeing is is officially list is listed out right now. But even if he's, I, able I don't think to he's play, going to play. For yeah, I think he'll be compromised anyways if he does play. But I think this is going to be the game where we see another. 100 receiving yard game for Cooper Cup. He's done it in four of the five weeks so far this season. And you mentioned that that, that Carolina versus the uh, San Francisco 49ers game, was it um, that when he went out with the injury that the offense looked so much better for the 49ers, the defense just didn't look very good for the Carolina Panthers. So I don't like laying double digits here, but I, I can't bring myself to bet on the Carolina Panthers, even with you know XFL legend at the quarterback position. Uh, I'll, I'll go with the San Francisco, sorry for the uh, Los Angeles Rams in this game, minus a 10, but I'm all over the Cooper Cup props in this game here, uh, Scott, over on his receptions. And I think the more so, like you mentioned, the yardage, I saw it at 94 and a half uh, for Cooper Cup, but um, I think that's probably my favorite play in this game. You have anything else you want to mention for this game? Yeah, just for confirmation, we know Mayfield's out indefinitely. Darnold yeah. is still out indefinitely, right? Yeah, I haven't seen any news of him even remotely like even being at practice or anything like that yeah i, I, I didn't think that i heard anything about that either i was just confirming yeah. because i don't know what the minus is you mentioned the touchdown interception ratio i'll take the walker interception i i don't really know what the minus is i don't really care to be honest they have no backup quarterbacks yeah. like he can be awful beyond awful and they can't bench him they got nobody else so if he yeah. stays healthy he should end up attempting a bunch of passes because we think they're gonna get killed so I don't mind PJ Walker interception too, because I mean, there's nothing to like about this offense. Unfortunately, they have it listed at one and a half for PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker. PJ really? Walker. They have one uh, and a half interceptions. Yeah, okay. plus one fifty-five. I don't think I've ever seen a one and a half listed over a half. Okay. Yeah, I, I haven't either. Let me check another book. Here. I was going to say no. another book would probably have that then in like two twenty. Yeah, it'll probably be north of minus 220 or uh, north of minus 200 for sure. Yeah, maybe um, a late piece. But the point is, I don't think Walker's going to play well. That's kind of the point I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else for this game? Uh, no, I think it's basically it. Uh, I don't like either offense, but I like one team more than the other team by a decent amount. Yeah. All right, before we get over to the next game on the schedule, let me tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Win. Thinking of joining Win Bet? Well, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the Win Bet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Looking to join the Win Looking to join 
the WinBet Biggest Winners Club. Well, whoever hits the biggest parlay on WinBets odds-wise gets a $1,000 free bet. Last week, someone took a $6 parlay and turned it into a $4,000 plus payout, and they got a free $1,000 bet from WinBet. WinBet is truly hashtag DGENs only. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where play-through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Scott. It's a game of the week, my man. It's going to be the rematch of last year's divisional round playoff game. Probably the best playoff game we have, at least I've seen in my lifetime, between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Looking at the lines for this game over on win bet, I'm currently seeing the Buffalo Bills are a road favorite here of minus two and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. Total is sitting at 54 and a half. Uh, money line minus 140 for the Buffalo Bills. And the Kansas City Chiefs are plus 115 on the money line. Take a look at the injury report for both of these squads. Let's start with the road team, the Buffalo Bills here. Jordan Phillips, defensive tackle, dealing with a hamstring issue. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Tredavious White, cornerback, is was expected to return to practice on Wednesday. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that if he's able to go in this game or not because he's one of the best corners in the league. Uh, so uh, definitely look out for that. First, he officially seemed that he was expected to return to practice. Hopefully I can look up another update on him if he's able to go or not. But other than that, pretty clean here for the uh, Buffalo Bills. Let's get over to the Kansas City Chiefs injury report. Um, not a lot or not a significant big names that are on this uh, list for them. Uh, everybody is a go. Um Brian Cook, their safety, had a concussion and won't play in week six against the Bills. But other than that, uh, it, it, and uh, sorry, Rashad Fenton, their cornerback also. So maybe a little bit thin at that cornerback in the secondary positions for the Kansas City Chiefs here. But, Scott, going back to last season, that playoff game was absolutely incredible. Left uh, maybe too many seconds on the clock for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to go down, get the field goal, send it into overtime. And we know that the Buffalo Bills have this game uh, circled on their schedule, looking to get some revenge uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs in this week six matchup. I think this game has big implications on who's going to get that number one seed because, again, clearly we talked about at the top of the show that these are probably the two best teams in the NFL right now, clearly in the AFC, of course, between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. But, Scott, game of the week here. Two-and-a-half-point road favorites here for the Buffalo Bills. I should mention that Patrick Mahomes, as an underdog in his lifetime, I believe is 7-0-1 against the spread. This is the first time that he's actually a home underdog against his Buffalo Bills team in this week six matchups. What are you thinking about this game between the Bills and the Chiefs here? I feel like people are blindly going to take the Chiefs because they're a home underdog. I think it's a yeah. terrible spot for Kansas City, if I'm being honest with you. I know there's no travel involved, but you have to play on a short week because you played Monday night. You had a ridiculous game against a division rival. And you have to come back and face off against the best team in the entire league that played all the starters for basically, what, two and a half quarters last week because they killed the Steelers by 90? Yep. I think it's a really good spot for Buffalo. 
And I think if you want to talk about the revenge angle, we saw some more story last year. We saw Kansas City smack Buffalo in the playoffs. They played in, I believe, Arrowhead, and Buffalo beat the crap out of them. And then Mm -hmm. Kansas City beat them in the playoffs. It didn't matter anymore. But still, my point is, I've seen this movie before. And even though people want to take Kansas City because Mahomes is undefeated as a dog, I get all that. I'm taking Buffalo. I think they're the much better team. And Kansas City, even though the offense got going in the second half, they're still really not good defensively. Sure, They, They have some moments with the linebacking core where they look faster. But the Raiders torched them through the air. Adams got loose a couple times. Yeah. I'm not sure if he would have been open on that fourth down play where they collided with each other, but you get my point. Yeah. The point is, I just think the Bills have too many weapons, whether it involves Diggs, whether it involves uh, Gabe Davis, who was incredible against Pittsburgh. Buffalo's defense is very good. The pass rush is good. I just think Buffalo's the better team. And I tend to fade teams on short weeks, and I back teams on long weeks if they have a bye or played Thursday. I think it's a really bad spot for Kansas City. I'm going to take Buffalo. Yeah, I love Buffalo in this game as well. I think this is the ultimate get-up spot of get-up spots for the Buffalo Bills. You know, there's going to be a lot of talk, and there has been a lot of talk throughout the week about you know the playoff game and whatnot, but that's in the past. And I think the Bills know that, hey, going into Kansas City, they are clearly the second-best team in the AFC because we know, and you mentioned, I agree with you, that the Bills are the best team not only in the AFC but the entire football league right now. Um, and, again, this is a game that they know that if they're able to take care of business here – that they can eventually down the road when they win, you know, more of their games that they're able to lock up that number one seed. And the Chiefs are going to have to come into Buffalo and try to beat them if it gets to that point in the playoffs. But yeah, I agree with you. I think this is my favorite play of the week of all the games. Uh, Buffalo Bills minus two and a half. I like the Bills on the team total in this game as well. I think this is a spot where they get easily 30 plus points against this Chiefs defense. You talked about it uh, in the Monday night game that the even the Raiders were able to put up 29 points in that game. What was it 17 nothing? Yeah, it was 17 nothing. Uh 17 to 7 I believe at the half, but they ended up with 29 points in that game think, to the Raiders. I think it was 2010 because you had the roughing the passer which led to a okay. field goal and then you had the 59 yarder at the end. So, yeah. I think the Raiders led by 10 at the half, I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, trying to find the team total for this. Uh, the point is, it was still seventeen nothing. I mean, yeah, they yeah, saw the Raiders dominate up front for about two and a half quarters. Yeah, so that's a bit concerning to me. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people thought last week that it would be a flat spot for the Buffalo Bills looking ahead to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But look, they went out and took care of business in that first half. You mentioned it; a lot of their starters didn't play, especially in that fourth quarter. They're well rested. They're ready to go for this game. I love the Bills here, minus two and a half. Uh, you have any thoughts on the total here at 54? I think it's actually trickier than people think because people yeah. blindly take the over because it's Allen and Mahomes. Yeah. I really think Buffalo's defense could do a lot of unique things to keep Kansas City off balance. I am going to lean I, – I, lean, I know I lean to the under in the total show to go mm-hmm. a, a bit contrarian. I think I'm leaning to the over. Because the more I think about it, the more I just see Buffalo scoring 40. Like, the more I look at this matchup, the more I love Buffalo's offense in this matchup. I think Allen's going to go berserk in this game. Yeah. So, I think I'm going to lean to the over. I kind of pivoted. I'm not going to actually bet the over, in my opinion. Maybe Mm -hmm. a team total, but doesn't look a little trappy. Because usually they play in the totals like 56 and a half, 57 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that it's still obviously a high number at fifty four, and I was at fifty four or fifty four and a half. Yeah, I'm just like, comparing based on recent meetings. Yeah, like, sure. I don't yeah. I don't know if Tyree kills worth three points to a total. Like I don't know about sure. that one. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, that's why I was more comfortable with taking the Bills team total because I feel like they they know that they probably have to beat this team to beat the Chiefs. You probably have to score 30-plus points in this game. I think the Bills uh, are going to score at least 35 unless they turn the ball over on fourth and short three times. Yeah, and I see it 54-and-a-half right now as a total. Okay. But regardless, um, yeah, Bills team total for me, Bills minus two-and-a-half. Um, I do love Josh Allen's uh, rushing prop in this game. That number sitting at 45 and a half. I gave this out on the prop cast as well for NFL week six uh, player props, but three out of the four matchups in his career, including the playoffs, the two playoff games, he's gone over uh, 45 and a half in three out of his four games. Um, there was also a note and I should have quoted this, but it's uh, it was a note that said that Allen, I think averages 50 plus rushing yards or in the range of 60 going up against playoff teams in his career. So you know that this is a game that Josh Allen, like you mentioned, is going to go berserk, whether it's through the air, and I think it's going to be through the ground as well. You probably want to take a look at maybe his passing and rushing yards um, to get over this total here. I just think this is a big, big smash spot for the Buffalo Bills. And, I, and I'm looking at it right now. A lot of the tickets are on. The public is on the Kansas City Chiefs side just of because course. of what you mentioned, because it's the Patrick Mahomes getting points at home. So give me the Bills, man. You have any player props you like in this game? I'm not taking unders. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at overs for Allen passing yards. The Mahomes passing yards is tricky because mm-hmm. I really think this game could get ugly. I think Buffalo is really that much better than Kansas City, just yeah. from top to bottom. For the receiving okay. core, I am kind of interested in Valdez Scantling. I thought okay. he had a moment there against the Raiders, and Hartman got injured in the second half. I think he pulled the hammy. I'm, I didn't get an update on that. I'm not sure if he's playing or not, but I know he got injured. Juju's mostly been a short pass, you know, you know, a short reception, move the chains guy. I think Valdez Scantling could get loose. I don't mind that. I think one of my favorite props will be Allen Longest completion. Yes. I just think somebody's going to get wide open at some point. We saw Adams, of all people, the only receiver you really have to guard on the team, get loose twice for 50-plus yard receptions. I think either Davis gets loose, Diggs gets loose. Give me the Allen over for longest reception because – even in the playoff game, Gabe Davis had like an 80-yard touchdown. They just give up a bunch of big plays. I think Buffalo is yeah. going to torch him over the top at least once. I'm trying to see uh, what Josh Allen's longest completions have been. I know he had the 98-yard last week to Gabe Davis, but uh, 53 in week one with the Rams, 46 against the Titans. Didn't uh, only 28 against the Dolphins, but that was a, a I think that was that a, was a really weird game in general. Yeah. Davis didn't play. Yeah, and then I think they ran Davis, the ball. Davis was out for that game, right? Yeah. Okay. And then against the Ravens, they, I think they ran that ball more than passing because I think there was a win factor in that game as well against the Ravens um, uh, previous to the Steelers in week four, was what I'm trying to say. Um, but, yeah, I like it, man. Uh, again, um, I'm assuming again, it'll be somewhere in the high 30s, but I don't really care. 37 and a half is what I'm seeing. That's what I figured. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming Allen throws one at least 40. You? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking up right now what it is for both – Gabe Davis and uh, Stephon Diggs here before we get to the Sunday night game here. Let me see if I can find it. All right, so Gabe Davis at 22-and-a-half longest reception and Stephon Diggs at 25-and-a-half. I feel like if you go through selective recall, just I might be wrong, but I'm imagining all of the Josh Allen meetings against Kansas City in the past, including the playoffs, and I feel like he just flies over this number in every meeting. Uh, (laughs) He had a 75-yard completion to Davis in the Mm -hmm. uh, playoff game last year in the regular season meeting. He had a 61 61 yard completion Uh, to go back to 2020. 
Uh, he played Kansas City again. He only had a 34-yard completion in the playoffs, but that's still close, I guess. And the regular season, he had 22. Okay, so the last two meetings he flew over, but I just see a, at least one yeah. guy getting a lose because this Kansas City secondary is really not that good. Yeah, uh, I'll try to dig up what Kansas City has given up on defense, at least for his long completions, but I uh, hope I can pull that up by the time we finish here. Uh, anything else you want to mention for this game, Scott? Uh, not really. Uh, I'm not interested in the ground stuff. Probably Allen passing yards. I mean, it kind of goes <laughs> hand in hand with the overall reception, but the overall longest completion. But after throwing for roughly 350 yards in the first half against Pittsburgh, why the hell would they change up the game plan? I just got to assume they're going to look at the corners and say, all right, you got Diggs on this guy. That's a mismatch. You got Davis on this guy. That's a mismatch. McKenzie yeah. might even be a mismatch. Like, I just don't think Kansas City matches up well at all in the secondary. So I'll take the Allen over in passing yards, whatever that might be. He could go for 400. Like, it really wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm seeing two uh, 297 and a half. Sure. I think he goes for 300 easily. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get over to the Sunday night football game. It's going to be an NFC East divisional matchup between the Dallas Cowboys heading into Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Uh, Currently seeing the Philadelphia Eagles are favored by six and a half points in this game. Total is sitting at 42. uh, Money line plus 210 for the Dallas Cowboys and minus 260 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's get over to the injury reports for both of these teams. Let's start with the road team here, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the big question mark was going to be, and a questionable tag is Micah Parsons, linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. He's dealing with a groin issue, but I, I'm assuming and I'm, I'm sure that he is going to play in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and CD Lamb is officially has a questionable tag, but I, I, I'm going to go and assume that he plays as well for the uh, Dallas Cowboys getting over to the Philadelphia side here, Scott on their injury report. Um, Jake Elliott, their kicker practice and limited capacity Avante Maddox ankle was a limited participant in practice as well. But other than that, pretty clean injury report for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Looks like first place is on the line here, Scott. Um, the Phil, sorry, the Dallas Cowboys four and zero with Cooper Rush as the starting quarterback for this team. Obviously, the Eagles are the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. Uh, big game for both of these teams. First places on the line here. Maybe some tiebreaker implications before they play the second game in this divisional matchup. But six and a half point home favorites here for the Philadelphia Eagles. What do you like in this game? So for this one, even though the Cowboys are a bit banged up, I am going to go with the Cowboys plus the points. Yeah, I just think it's too many. You're looking at two good defenses. Philly's offense really looked mediocre against Arizona last week. Mm -hmm. A lot of short passes, a lot of just drives that stalled out, and the offensive line occasionally has some issues. I think Dallas can exploit that, and as long as Cooper Rush doesn't turn the ball over, I think they could win a game similarly to the way that they beat the Rams or Giants. Yeah. Just an ugly game where the defense balls out because this defense is randomly really, really good. And I think that this game will be a low-scoring affair, so I like the under, but I also like the Cowboys. I think it'll be close. By the way, to go through Kansas City, uh, the three of their five games so far this season have gone under that longest completion. Okay. Um also going to kind of take a look at the quarterback that they've played as well, right? For the yeah, Kansas Herbert went over, Brady went under. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, they were playing prevent against against Brady for the entire second half because they were up by 20 and change. But yeah. 
Yeah, Carr went over and Herbert went over, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm still I still like the over on that Allen play. Yeah. But back to the Cowboys game, I just think that this defense is good enough to really keep Philly in check. Yeah. And I don't know how many points Philly's going to score. You can argue that Philly's going to win this game. I'm not saying Dallas is going to win, mm-hmm. but they scored 20 against Arizona and won. I can see a similar story here. I could see a 2017 game, 2014 game. I just think for a low-scoring primetime game, which is what we're expecting, I'm not going to lay six and a half. Yeah, I'm not either. I I, I I like Philly to win this game, but like you mentioned, it's just too many points for them to um, to cover in this game, especially in a divisional game where divisional dogs have been covering at a, at a very, very high rate uh, so far this season, just overall. Um, I'm trying to, I, I know I had some uh, referee information in this game because I was talking to uh, Sean about it. Let me see if I can pull that up here. Um, so in this game, it's going to be uh, – where did I have it? Uh, John Hussey is actually the referee in this game. And I, I'll quickly mention this. Going back to last season, home teams were doing really well straight up and against the spread. They were 11-5, and five, uh, but this season – Home teams four and one on the money line, but just two and three against the spread. In that span, home favorites two and three in those games as well against the spread. So, um, I mean, not a lot of information, not a big sample size there, at least for this season. But you're right. I think this defensive front for the Dallas Cowboys, who's just been playing so well so far this season, led by Parsons, I think that they can really, you know, give some fits to Jalen Hurts and that rushing attack. As long as that they have that bend and don't break mentality in the secondary, I think that this is going to be a game where the Dallas Cowboys can stay in this game and stay within the number. I do like the Eagles to win this game and find a way to win this game either by a field goal. Uh, but I think that, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to cover in this game as well. And I agree with you about the under in this game. That I think it's kind of correlated that if you do like the Cowboys, like you mentioned, that it might be something similar to what we saw against the Los Angeles Rams, that if they do win this game, this it's not going to be in a shootout. It's going to be in a game where it's defensive. It's going to be low scoring. And if they do have an opportunity to win this game, maybe like a you know 20 to 17 type of game uh, if the Cowboys do think they're going to win this game. But I do like the Eagles to win the game. But I like I agree with you. I do like the Cowboys to cover at least as plus six and a half in this game. Yeah. Uh, what else do you like for this game? Any player props we need to be looking at uh, before we get over to our locking dog for the night? The player props are tricky because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, so I'm kind of leaning mm-hmm. more to unders. I'm also not sure what the actual status is of C. Lamb. Yeah. I'm assuming he's going to play. The question is how healthy he's going to be. I don't really know. I think I am going to be looking at the under, perhaps, in either Elliott rushing yards or Miles Sanders, maybe both. But Dallas has been really good against the run, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the Eagles having several running backs. You have, for example... Um, Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Why am I drawing a blank? Gainwell. Miles, you have Gainwell, who's yeah, okay. Gainwell. Like he's he's had a decent amount of run and he's been okay as well. But I think you're looking at both teams being good against the run. I'm fading Elliott because they've been using Pollard more. It's about damn time. I mean, they should have been using him for the past year. But when you actually just watch the way the games play out, it seems that the Cowboys are starting to realize it's a 50-50 split minimum. And Elliott's mostly a short yardage guy. Philly's got a lot of very good defensive linemen. You got Davis in the middle, who's an absolute unit. I like the under for Elliott rushing yards. I think you're going to end up seeing both teams really do a good job of stopping the run and forcing the opposing quarterbacks to beat them. 
I don't think Elliott does much in this game. So I'll go with his under. I don't have the number in front of me, though, but I think he's um, going to have a bad game. Let me see. I think I saw it at 59 and a half, 55 and a half for Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, let me just see quickly what his numbers were for the last couple games. Uh, so last couple games, he had 78 against the Rams. Not bad. He mm-hmm. had 49 on 19 carries against Washington. He had 73 on 15 carries against the Giants, 53 on 15 against the Bengals, and 52 on 10 against Tampa. So he's gone under in three of five, and Pollard's getting more touches. Yeah. Game flow really helped out that Rams game because they were up the entire ways. So they could just run the ball for the entire second half. Mm-hmm. I just think Elliott's going to struggle against this defense. Yeah, I also do like the Miles Sanders uh, under that you mentioned for his passing – sorry, for his uh, rushing yards. Cowboys are uh, really good against the run. Yeah, and I was looking at his numbers against this Cowboys team, and his last game, I think that was a game where he left with an injury – uh, where he only had 27 yards, but prior to that... Uh, and you only have, like, three carries in the entire game? It was, like, something absurd. It was that Monday night game. Yeah, six for 21 two years ago. He had 20 for 79. That's the only game that he's gone over. 15 for 57, and then two carries for 27 yards uh, in the last game last year. Uh, on that was two carries. That was, that was a Monday night yeah, game where yeah. they just didn't give him the ball, and nobody knew yeah. why he didn't get the ball. But, yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I think he's going to potentially struggle, but I see a very competitive game. Yeah. All right, uh, before we get into our lock and dog for the afternoon games here, let me tell you guys about Fubo TV. If you're a fan of football, and if you watch football, you need Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone, plus games in 4K at no extra charge, over 100 channels of live sports and entertainment for a fraction of the price of cable. Watch on all your devices and never miss a game or an episode of your favorite TV shows with the included cloud-based DVR. Plus, there's no contract, no commitment, and you can cancel at any time. Right now, you can try Fubo TV free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash SGP. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash SGP. Roster brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare odds from the different you can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal and to maximize your bankroll. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for betters to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so betters can keep records of all your games and betting activity. So to take advantage of this, all you have to do is go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. That's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, Scott, let's close out this episode strong with our lock and dog for the afternoon games. I'll give you the floor first, buddy. What do you got as your lock and dog? So for this one, I'm going to go right into the eye of the trend. I'm going to go right against the public. I'm going with Buffalo, minus two and a half against Kansas City. I just love the spot too much, especially with Kansas City on a short week. I think it's a really good spot for Buffalo to get revenge or even to just dominate and show that they're the best team in the league. I don't think Kansas City's secondary is going to have any answers, and I think that Buffalo wins the game comfortably. So I'll go with Buffalo there. And for my dog, I am going to go with one of the only dogs I had on the entire card. I thought about Dallas, but eh, I think I'm going to go with Philly to win that game. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I'm just going to fade Kingsbury. I thought that he'd get fired midseason. I thought Rule would get fired midseason, so I'm one for one. And I'm hoping that you'll end up seeing Kingsbury do something dumb in the fourth quarter. But... I just don't like this Arizona offense. It's not entirely their fault because they're still missing Hopkins. But the fact that Kingsbury is an offensive-minded coach 
and Murray's still making a lot of mistakes. The team still doesn't seem that disciplined. They take a lot of pre-snap penalties to set up first and 15, stuff like that. Just a lot of miscommunications going on with that team. Mm-hmm. Seattle's defense stinks. I'm aware of it, but they're at home. They have a good home court. They have a good home field advantage. Give me Geno Smith in the underdog role on the money line. All right. So lock Buffalo Bills minus two and a half for Scott. And he's going to take the Seattle Seahawks as his dog for the day. I forgot um, the price on that though. What is that? Like plus 120, 130? For uh, the Seahawks, I think it was plus 120. Let me double okay. check. I'll take that. Uh, Seattle Seahawks are plus 120. Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. Perfect. Um, all right. For my lock and dog, I'm going to double up in the same game here. Uh, I'm going to give a player prop as my best bet. I'm going to go Josh Allen over on his uh, receipt. Sorry, on his rushing yards. Give me over 45 and a half is what I saw the number at. Um, like I mentioned, he's done it in three out of the four weeks so far for the, um, or sorry, in his career games against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He's also been running the ball very well this season as well for the uh, Buffalo Bills. Just look, kind of looking at it just this season alone over his last, uh, prior to last week, he did have uh, five attempts, 42 yards last week against Steelers, but against the Baltimore Ravens, 11 for 70, eight for 47 against the Dolphins, and then in week one against the Rams, 10 for 56. So, uh, and like I mentioned, he's done it against the Chiefs three out of the four games, including the uh, postseason. So I'm going to go with a player prop here as my best bet. And I'm going to lay a touch to, or minus six and a half with the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take an alternate line. Give me minus six and a half plus 150 is what I'm seeing right now for the Buffalo Bills. I think we're both in agreement here, Scott, that they're just going to come out and smash and just take care of business. Um the ultimate get-up spot, the the highest motivation spot for this Buffalo Bills team. You mentioned it, Scott. Uh, uh, Josh Allen is going to go berserk in this game. I agree with that 100%. Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, these guys are all going to come out and play well. Minus 6.5 alternate line, plus 150 on the spread here for the Buffalo Bills against the Kansas City Chiefs. It just makes me feel even better that the public is just all over the Chiefs in this game. So, that's going to be my dog. I'm going to take an alt line on the Buffalo Bills here, Scott. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the NFL Gambling Podcast for the NFL Week 6 afternoon games, plus our Sunday night football preview. Uh, Scott, anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here, bud? And, uh, let the people know where they can find you, my man. Yeah, not really much more to add. You can find me on Twitter at Show Radio. Besides that, still doing a bunch of NFL Gambling Podcast episodes. I know that us two and Terrell did a futures video for awards in the NBA, which will yeah. be posted later today. Besides that, still doing some prop cast stuff, still doing tennis. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff. A lot of sports going on. That's basically it. It's sports tober, my man. Everything's going yes, on. Yes, it we is. Have, uh, like you mentioned, NBA starting next week. We have um, NFL going on. I know you have tennis going on as well. Uh, so yeah great time to be a sports fan and and hopefully uh, we're putting some more money in your pockets as the listeners all right follow me on twitter at sports nerd 824 make sure to follow the nba game sorry nba the nfl gambling podcast account uh sgpn nfl for nfl and also follow us on twitter at sgpn nba because the season kicks off next week and i promise we will be a lot more active on that account this coming season All right, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.